This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. soul-shifting, life-changing gratitude deep within the heart of profound grief. Grief is only suppressed gratitude, tells the empowering story of a young woman who finds her way into unconditional self-love and strength. The moment Danielle's life turns upside down, she realizes that there is loving benevolence that can only be experienced when she chooses to embrace the hidden beauty behind her deepest fear. Even more, Danielle discovers something that she never expected to find. There is soul-shifting, life-changing gratitude deep within the heart of profound grief. This story is poignant, profound, and a powerful journey back to self-love. Laura Jackson Liu A deep and profound mother-daughter story bejeweled with inspirational compassion and love. Joanna Gardner Reading the journey of a mother and daughter's love, adventure, heartbreak, and eventually peace was inspiring. I laughed, cried, felt connected while reading, and didn't want the book to end. Reading this was a true pleasure. Brooke Teeter Grief is Only Suppressed Gratitude is a self-help memoir anyone moving through grief will relate to. This story helps readers transform grief into a source of unlimited power. Valeria Tellez interviews Danielle Keen Grassi, the author of Grief is Only Suppressed Gratitude. Danielle Keen Grassi is a certified anxiety strategist and certified mental and emotional coach. Danielle's written work has appeared in mental health blogs such as Succeed Now, and she has spoken about anxiety and emotional development on podcasts and live interviews. Her experience with the passing of her mother led her on a path of self-growth and emotional development. She currently lives in Olney, Maryland with her husband, Matt. Meet Danielle at KeenStrategies.com. Here is the interview with Danielle Keen Grassi. In your own words, who is Danielle Keen Grassi? Oh, big question. I would say Danielle (laughs) Keen Grassi is an ever-changing soul. The more I learn, the more I become anew. 
Um, and it's almost a rebirthing process on a day-to-day basis, but going and growing towards love and towards peace, internal peace. So you're right. There is soul-shifting, life-changing gratitude deep within the heart of profound grief. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you about this line is soul What do you think the soul is, the spirit is? The soul and spirit is everlasting. It never goes away. And um, similarly to what we were talking about before we started to hit record was the grief is only suppressed gratitude is such a mouthful. And (laughs) breaking it down into one, one sentence, I find so much gratitude in my mother who I lost. More so, and that's where that grief comes up. It's, I find so much more gratitude. And I, I wanted her, to, I want her to be my mom for those 25 years that I had her. And if I would rather have that than not have her at all. And so my mom is that ever changing spirit and soul. She's not just in the physical, she's in the spiritual with me now. Do you think we chose to be here in a human body? I do. I do. And I feel like it's a constant choice in to stay and to grow. I feel like we have a choice not to grow. And, um, and that's okay too. I don't think there is any right or wrong, but it's definitely a choice on staying and following that track. And it's a courageous choice. What about the experiences we have while you're in a human body? Do you also believe that we choose to have them for a reason? I do. I do believe that there is, of course, accidents, but I do believe everything is kind of set on course and we can definitely move that course if we want or experience something new. Um, And I think the physical calls out to the spiritual and says, you know what, I would like to see this track or that track. Um, But I do believe we do have a course or uh, almost an energy that we're attracted to. Um, that we do move towards little by little. Yeah, I agree. And another question I have for you, it is very close to your own experiences in this lifetime, is losing someone we love. What would you say, if there is, if we chose this, what do you think the lessons or the lesson is behind that experience? For me personally, I believe I chose to lose my mom in order to awaken into a deeper sense of who I am. And that took me a really long time to understand for myself. And it took a lot of spiritual growth and inner development. Um, But my mom is so much more stronger in the spiritual sense than she was in the physical and can now lead me step to step on our divine plan. I feel like she's she's with me and experiencing it with me, um, holding my hand through that process, even though she is on the spiritual side. Um, and I, I, I didn't think <laughs> this was going to happen until it did happen, but it, it made, it's starting to make sense. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of, um, yeah. When you say make, making sense, that's more to the mind than the heart? More to the mind, to the heart. I, I think I, through the heart, I had a really hard time of going, well, why, why? You always ask that question, why? Why does she have to pass or why did she have to get sick? Why did it have to be this way? 
And um, I think the heart was asking too many questions. And then when I slowly started to let go um, and dive deeper into who I was, which was hard in itself, because I felt like the more I was diving deeper into who I was, the more I was saying goodbye to her. And that's not that's not the sense at all. I was saying goodbye to the perception of who I thought she was in the physical. But in reality, she's so much more. Um, and our loved ones around us are so much more. And they're here to help us once we let go and say, you know what, I'm free. I'm ready to to give myself my own self-empowerment. And now we can just dive deeper together. You say, you wrote, there is no right way to be happy. What a wonderful phrase <laughs> that I never heard before uh, this way. So my question to you is, what is happiness to you? And what are the greatest misconceptions about happiness from your perspective? I once thought happiness was a stepping stone to success. And as I'm growing deeper and deeper, I'm knowing that success has nothing to do with happiness. The happiness is in the little moments that you energetically expand for yourself. It's in the moments of a smile. Like I, oh my gosh, I, I could tell you this one like cute little story. I, I was driving and I was parked at a red light and I turned to my left and there is this maybe little girl. She was probably less than two. And I smiled at her and she just was beaming light, beaming <laughs> with laughter. I was like, oh, in that one moment, that one mm -hmm. red light, it that was happiness to me. That brought me fulfillment. And I didn't mm -hmm. even know the, I didn't, I don't know her. I, you know, she's just <laughs> passing. Um, it's the little moments. It's the little blissful moments that are the happiness. Wow. I don't see anything that brings, from my experience, more happiness and joy than connecting with other people. I agree. I agree. That's my word for 2021. <laughs> connection. Yes. Connection, connection, connection. So what do you think the purpose of life is, the human experience or the experiment of being a human? I think it's to be curious and to, even if that's going into per se a negative path, being curious and self-development through that curiosity. Because um, once you go on that, and I'm using air quotes, the negative path, I think you find so much more to yourself and you go, oh, you know what? I did go down this path for a reason. It was to understand that I don't choose this. I want this instead. I want to actually go in this direction, but I couldn't go through that direction first until I like understood this about myself. Yeah. I think it's the, the curiosity. Yeah. What do you love most about being a woman? I think it's the the frou-frou kind of makeup and doing your hair and laughing and brushing, you know, with your hair, brushing your hands, singing a fun song and kind of giggling with your girlfriends. I think it's that's the feminine part that I really enjoy and I really make sure the silliness is still there through the femininity. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman from your perspective? Oh, there's many that too. Um, I always thought people thought less of me and that's more so with my age, um, being newly 29 that I didn't really understand the world or cause I was too young. But, um, 
also being a female in that aspect, maybe not fitting into a few corporate positions, which were hard for me to fit into, kind of fitting into a box in that sense, or an old world perspective. Um, a, you know, the a man's world uh, was difficult. And, and so I got out of that pretty quickly. <laughs> so do you think that somehow this is changing, this idea of that we are living in a man's world? Do you think that this is somehow becoming more of a female women's world as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're seeing that apparent day by day um, and seeing how much power women actually have. And I think for men, it's kind of scary because uh, we, we, we as women kind of do it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, true. <laughs> we're not now trying to leave out the men. We still love the men. But in the same aspect, it's we're we're pretty badass. Like we're very <laughs> powerful people. I agree. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Danielle? What is to be free? To do what you want when you want to do it. I think that is freedom, is to decide, you know what, I'm going to choose this because this is what's in alignment with me right here, right now. I'm not going to think of my ego. I'm not going to think of anything else that's in my way. It's right here, right now. This is, that's freedom. Yeah. I love that. In the sense that we don't question the things that we want to do, right? Without self-doubt. Yes. Yes. So what would you say is the antidote of self-doubt? What would that be? For me, self-doubt is is still there. And I I recognize it as soon as it becomes there. And I think that's always step one is to recognize and be aware that it's there. And not be mad at yourself that mm-hmm. it is there because right. that's just going to pull you deeper into the <laughs> self-doubt. Um, <laughs> but to, I kind of separate myself from it, kind of take it out of the body and say, okay, you sit here. You sit. You can sit right beside me, but you're not going to control the situation here. You can still be here. You're still a part of me and I still accept that. And we're still growing through that, but we're not run- you're not running the show. And I heard it before about... Um, you're treating that part of us as if it was a puppy or a baby in a way. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful that you treat that part also with care uh, and with love, but you don't let it run your life because now you're conscious enough to know how to choose. I think I think love is the deepest, um, deepest powerful thing we have. And by loving that part of us, I think we can get through that self-doubt quicker. Um, than giving it another emotion. So how did you become a writer? And what was the intention of writing your book, Grief is Only Suppressed Gratitude? Big question. Um, I've always been a a writer, kind of a closeted writer, secretly writing. But this book, to tell you the truth, was it started out of ego. (laughs) It started out of Uh saying, universe, man, you, you need to, you give me back, you know, something you took away the greatest thing in my life, which was my mom. And so I kind of wrote it out of, I started writing it out of anger and, um, (laughs) and then the anger dissolved and it turned into sadness and the sadness dissolved and it turned into love. Mm. And then it went deeper into love and deeper from there. I definitely agree. And it kind of came to me, it came to, I started it in 2018 and it came to me one night and I was like, you know what? I started writing the first two paragraphs and I was like, Ooh, this just feels really good. And so it kind of just like it was a thought in my head. And then I just kept 
entertaining that thought. So talk to me a bit more for a moment, Danielle, about your own journey toward unconditional self-love. Oh, um, it was definitely a stepping stone process. It's not always pretty. I think really it started for me was the boundaries and saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm actually not going to go there. I'm actually not going to communicate with this person. Um, and starting to want something more was the, the first basis of self-love for me. And um, I can read a little bit of the passage now or later, whatever you choose. Yes, um, you can read it was, now if you choose to. Sure, sure. Let me get it up. So the backstory of the three paragraphs that I'm reading here is that I it was after my mom passed and I was very angry, very, very angry. And um, I kind of left my apartment in the middle of the night. My husband, Matt, was sleeping. I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just leaving. I grab my keys. I, I go in the car and I start driving nowhere, but I start accelerating the speed faster and faster and faster. And um, I see a deer that I almost hit and have to swerve around. And I just stopped there in a moment thinking, wow, this was kind of silly of me. This was a little stupid. But um, that's kind of how I entertained. And I just sat there. I just sat there. And I start asking myself, how will I love myself? The question came ringing back again. I didn't know how to answer that. It's not something that you're taught at school. You just do. What is love? What is the true basis of love? I had a mom who loved me for 25 years and a boyfriend whom I was hoping to marry in the near future, but I couldn't define what love was for me. Then it dawned on me. The way I love is through appreciation. I appreciated mom for being a great person, my confidant. I appreciated her for standing up for herself and knowing how to be so strong. She was so independent. She didn't need anyone or anything in order to be successful. I admired that. I appreciated Matt for his silliness, for being himself. He never drifted away, drifted away from his own opinions in order to please others. He was 100% genuine. I appreciated myself for my willingness to want to go deeper in love for myself. I appreciated my own strength in helping mom through her transition. I didn't know what else to say. I felt like I was only scratching the surface to feel my own love for myself. It felt silly that I had to practice this love to begin with. I was taught growing up that I am love, that I come from love. Why, why is it so difficult to feel love if I am love? What a powerful way of, um, of living life, knowing that. It becomes more than a belief system, right? Yeah. It is a, a knowing. A way of life, a new yes. way of life. Right. Why is it so challenging for most of us to love ourselves? We have to unlearn. Yeah. <laughs> we have to unlearn that we have to be perfect all the time. And I think social media, the media in general, and expectations, we always want to be the best. And that's what makes us so great is that we strive for more. But then we don't know the balance or the line between the hustle and then actually slowing down and doing something for ourselves. I think for me, that's always been the biggest challenge. But it's not just self-care, right, Danielle? No, um, is realizing that you're going to go through a lot of, well, for me, in, in this case, grief, a lot of trauma in order to 
love myself on a deeper scale and kind of let go of my my mom, the physicality of my mom, which is always especially hard, especially through the holidays or or the the day she passed or got sick. And I have to honor myself through those days. I don't do anything on those days in order to kind of go further within and and really reconnect with her spiritually. It's almost like I have to divide divide my physicality, the physicality of my mom and the spiritual aspect of my mom. Yeah. And I have to practice that. And speaking of your mother, Michelle, talk to me for a moment about, you mentioned in the book and in so mm-hmm. many ways um, about her wisdom, how wise she was in so many ways. So talk to me for a moment about that. I, I have some passages here, but you can just have talk about some of her wisdom that you appreciated the most, let's say. As a single mom, she always had a cheerful side. And I I really don't know how she did that. Like I remember she was a physical therapist and she went to see patients home home to home. And she I remember her just asking, you know, let's while we're doing your physical therapy, let's just watch TV while you're doing this. I'm like, mom, like, aren't you gonna get fired? Like, what is this? Like she was always so calm but forceful in the same time. And I think that is the epitome of power. And of course, there's there's things that, you know, maybe weren't the best. But in all aspects, she knew that it wasn't not to react in the moment, but to know the bigger picture. And that's where she found her strength was knowing the knowingness of the bigger picture. How do you think she came to those understanding in that wisdom? Her mom passed when she was, so my grandmother passed when she was 14. And so she had to possibly go on her own journey of of self-love from her mom's passing. Not really in a spiritual sense, but more because I don't think that was, you know, the thing back in the 80s, 70s, but more of a happiness sense and knowing the difference of the balance. So grief, I have talked to lots of people about grief. It's very different, the answers I get. Not very different, but most of the time they're unique in the Mm -hmm. the sense that everyone goes through grief in their own unique way. Mm -hmm. So for you, what do you know about the grieving process that you wish all of us could know or or know um, before it happens to us? to give yourself give yourself space and time. I think a lot of people want and it's including myself wanted to just jump from okay, yeah, my mom passed like what's next um because they don't want to feel the feelings, but uh that 12 step process of grief is there for a reason. The process of your own development is implemented internally for a reason. Um, I don't think grief is just wiped away in one day, one year. I mean, it's it's a life-changing process. It's, it's almost like you're rebirthing yourself and you have to retrain um, and relearn. Would you say the grief, the process, um, yeah, grief itself, it ends, it transforms, or how do you describe the movement? I believe it transforms more so than it ends. Um, I don't think there is an ending. There's sometimes where I feel like I'm back in square one and I go, oh, okay, it's okay. Your, your time doesn't exist. You, you are back in square one and that's okay. We, tomorrow is a new day. 
tomorrow is definitely a new day. And I feel like there's more things that come from grief, even after writing this book that I'm starting to understand and develop and going, Oh, I can, now I'm aware of why I'm acting like this. It's because of the trauma I had, you know, before the age of eight as a child, you know, this happened here and that's why I'm acting like this. I think to, for me, it's just the awareness coming always and coming back to the present moment, coming back to the presence of I am safe. I am loved. I am okay. Do you meditate? I do. I do. And um, I try, a lot of people meditate. When I usually meditate or the term meditation, I always think of it as kind of coming a step out, a foot out of your body and breathing through that. I try to do the opposite of grounding more into the earth. And I find that that helps me. And that's my meditative process. That helps me so much. So much is is imagining myself as a a, a root, like I'm extending roots out of my out of my feet and and really anchoring into the earth, the earth's core. Actually, there is a metaphor that you mentioned in your book that has to do with trees, nature, uh, the apple tree mm. metaphor mm. on receiving yes. and giving. Right? Would you like to um, expand on that? Yes, uh, by Kyle Cease. Yes, um, yeah. He mentioned, I, I, I don't know exactly what he said word to word, but um, as I'm writing, as I wrote this in the book, it's the, the apple tree gives and it would be sick if it stopped giving. It doesn't give out of obligation to give. It gives out of that's its sole purpose is to give. And as humans, we have our special gifts and our unique abilities to give. It's not because it's an obligation to give, but it's it's what makes us unique and amazing and benevolent and everything who we are. And I think people are trying to give out of obligation or it's a deadline or an expectation, whereas we're so much more powerful when we're giving out of our sole purpose and our gifts. And I also love what you wrote here in your book. You say the mental and emotional control was back in my own hands while I let life do what it pleased. Mm. And then you said, I am safe because I make myself safe. I am loved because I make myself feel loved. I am the driving force forging my own path. This is just I mean, it's everything to me, <laughs> the truth. It's, um, and, you, and you brought this with so much clarity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm starting to tear up because I, that's such a deep, deep quote. It, it is everything. It is everything. And you also wrote, the amount of love I had for myself carried me through the other side of grief. So these are all powerful and true messages um, it comes from clarity, which means insights, which means spiritual wisdom. I hear that. I see that. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. In the end of your book, you have a song, you, um, a beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. By Grace Vanderwall. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to print that. It's not in the physical copy uh because it just, it didn't work out. However, I do mention Grace and that song, uh, it, please look it up, Grace Vanderwall, beautiful thing. It, it is so, it is so deep. 
and I'm glad you have. So you're not able to print that. Do you think I you would? Able to print it. No. Right, because legal rights. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But I did get to keep the Don McLean. Uh, the uh, I have a little passage from Don McLean. Uh, uh, the bye bye Miss America mm, okay. bye. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Don't make me sing. I'm not yeah. gonna sing. I know that'll but be great. <laughs> Uh, I was able to keep that, um, which I'm very happy and thankful to Don McLean's team. Yeah, how wonderful. So do you think you would be able to um, read the beautiful thing, song, the lyrics? Sure, sure. Would that be legal, Um, hopefully? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not sure. It might not be. Actually, it might not be. Um, I can read Don McLean. Yes. That's not a beautiful thing. Yeah. Please, yeah, please. We would love to hear that, yes. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. My mom and I were singing this together in the car. She she knew she was dying, and we went out for a, like a celebratory dinner, a lunch, we had, you know, really good fish and a great dessert. I think we were just both looking at each other going like, this is the, this is the reality that we're living in and starting to accept it and starting to, I don't want to say understand, but like starting the process of understanding because we didn't know, we didn't, we didn't understand any of it, but. Would you say acceptance, the word? I don't even think I would say acceptance, um, maybe acceptance for the level that I was at right. at that moment. Yeah. Yes. True. Yes. But then I unaccepted it very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I took it back. Yeah, I right. took it back. Um, that I, I yeah. went deeper into what that acceptance meant for real. Um, but that took a lot. That was a lot later. You're amazing, Danielle. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's like a star here on earth. Thank you so much for everything you do, too. Oh, you're such a bright light. Wow. Thank you. Success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? That actually concept has changed drastically in the last month, two months. Success to me, and I was actually thinking about this today, is someone coming to me and saying, wow, this book changed my life. Or I'm, I'm able to see a different perspective of grief through this book. And that's happened to me a few times. And that to me is successful. Um, I don't think it matters the amount of copies. I think it, that I sell, it's the, the way it can actually infiltrate into someone else's life because writing this actually saved my life. And my mentor, Johanna Gardner, saved my life. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know, I'm literally going to start crying. I don't think I would have been on this earth without really going into self-growth immediately. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. So thank you to come from that place of purpose. You have soul purpose. You got to go through the trip. It is a journey and it's not easy. It's very challenging, but it's part of the dance. Um, We cannot have this kind of experience without Without being a body going through all this that we go through, it's not possible as you, I think you mentioned off record about, we cannot be grateful for anything if we don't have anything. So we have to have in order to be grateful for. Exactly. It's a bridge. And I constantly 
go over the bridge and I see, okay, this is where I want to be. And then there's sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm sucking myself back into the grief and the physical and that's okay in that moment. But I, I know that the other side of the bridge exists. And once you know that the other side of the bridge exists, it's more powerful and, and more self loving. Yeah. Cause you know, the way home, you know, the way back, mm, it's okay yes. to be lost and to get lost. It's yeah. part of the adventure of life. But knowing the way home, that is crucial. Yeah, it is crucial. And I'm glad you know the way home. So two more questions. Um, if you knew you would lose the body soon, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Ooh, um, if I was going to lose the body soon, I would not make any changes in my life per se right now, but I might travel a little bit more. If I could get to <laughs> when COVID's over. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> it's um, true. I'm, I always learn so much more about myself when I go and put myself into another environment, another atmosphere, and uh, continuous, continuously grow in a new culture. Hmm. Um, I think that's so important. Yeah. You become more humble, too. Hmm. Traveling makes you humble. So my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? That it is actually good. If you make it good, it is actually good. I would say that's number one. That you are you are loved and you have everything you need in this now moment. You have everything you need in this now moment. And number three is never never forget the five year old inside of you. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's she or he still exists. And loves to have fun. And <laughs> right. Have so fun. yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> oh boy, I agree. A thousand times with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry I interrupted to say that. <laughs> no, no, that was it. That was my three. That was perfect. Thank you so much again, Danielle, for your beautiful presence, um, the light that you, you are, the love that you bring to this reality, your understanding, being open to clarity and this spiritual wisdom. Thank mm. you for your work. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Where Thank can you. we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? <laughs> yeah, so um, my website is www.keenstrategies.com. And uh, you can find the book on Amazon. It's being released January 12th. Um, Amazon Book Reads, Google, Apple, Barnes & Nobles, Target. And I might be missing one, but those are the main hubs. So thank you. And the title is Grief is Only Suppressed Gratitude by Danielle Keen Grassi. I'll have those links too on your podcast profile. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So we'll talk soon. Bye for now. I can't Take wait. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Danielle Keen Grassi and her work, please visit keenstrategies.com To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>